Hey Sunspacean, it's Jorgen here with another episode of Social Media Know-How. Today, I'm speaking to Chris Brown of LinkedIn all about employer branding. But before we do that, here's something you really don't want to miss. SM London Live is back on the 11th of November 2015 and is bigger and better than ever. Did you know that one of our speakers and social media manager at O2, Rachel Neen, loves dancing, hates jetpacks and dreams of being a Michelin star food taster? Find out more about what inspires her at our event on November 11th at Bounce, a venue made for people with serious ping pong skills. Use your exclusive promo code PODCAST to get 10% off your tickets. Visit socialmedialondon.co.uk to find out more now. Okay, let's get this show on the road. Okay, so I'm here with Chris Brown, who is the Director of UK Talent Solutions at LinkedIn. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jorgen. Welcome to LinkedIn. Thank you very much for having you and me at the <laughs> LinkedIn Towers here in London today. So, you are a London-living, social media savvy generation ex-vlogger, according to your Twitter bio. Uh, you have a, uh, a past as a physical training instructor for the Territorial Army. You also work for Air Mauritius in sales, I believe. And, of course, a, you're a guest blogger for a, a wonderful site, Undercover Recruiter. Absolutely. And today I wanted to talk a little bit around employer branding, specifically around social media. Uh, but let's start with, uh, how did you find your way to LinkedIn with a, a background in, in the Army and Air Mauritius? And also tell us about your role here at LinkedIn. Certainly. Um, so I, in fact, if I go back a bit further, yeah. my background is tech. I, was, I studied computer science and artificial intelligence back in the 90s. I've given away my age with the Gen X thing. Anyway. Yes. So from there, I, I ended up going to a, a sales career, which has ended up in the travel industry, mm. hence the airline role. And while, while I was there, I, I was in the reserve forces, and I was young and fit then, and I became a, a physical training instructor. And then and from there, I, worked, uh, I moved to a tech company, in the travel business and it was there that I started using LinkedIn so this is as a member right. in 2006 which uh, in those days was quite early LinkedIn started in 2003 and I was getting value as a member of LinkedIn by connecting to my customers so I had a profile and I just found it easier to stay in touch with my customers there through social than I did by tracking them down you know using phone numbers and emails and that, so that was my first value as a member but obviously I'd built a profile which was good enough to get noticed and LinkedIn found me I wasn't looking for a, for a job and um, I think my presence on social media uh, helped and I was asked to uh, come and have a chat to see if um, I'd be interested in exploring how LinkedIn might work and LinkedIn talent solutions in the UK so that's the, the short version of my background. And so now you're here and what, what, uh, what do you do now? Yeah, absolutely. So I lead the talent solutions business for the UK market. Essentially what that means is myself and the team are dedicated to organisations based in the UK on helping them find their future talent through LinkedIn. Great. And uh, you wrote an article recently about uh, a positive employer brand. Uh, Could you run through the top five factors contributing to this? 
based on your own research? Yeah, absolutely. So the research was actually designed to highlight um, the impact of a negative brand. But there's lots of research out there already externally and, and from us explaining the power of a positive brand, mm-hmm. employer brand, and how that can affect positively the way organizations attract talent and retain talent. Uh, but this research we did to highlight how a negative brand might impact. So what we did, we researched um, loads of people in the UK and asked them what convinces them to work at a company when they're looking for a job. And the five things which came up as positive factors were about job security, around development opportunities, the, the way they can work with new teams, and, and also companies sharing their own values that matches theirs, that kind of purpose. Uh, and also just positive perceptions about the company which they've heard uh, in other places. So they're the, the top five things which in the UK attract us to those particular companies. And I think number five there could then also include factors that, that they've seen on social media, on LinkedIn even. Yeah. yeah, so it's perceptions like talking to people, what they can read, content on social, um, all those things, yeah. Yeah, great. And if we flip it, what are the top five factors that are most likely to put professionals off taking jobs? Yeah, absolutely. Some of these are kind of the the exact opposite. So concerns about job security mm-hmm. is one. Um, poor leadership, bad teams or dysfunctional teams. And then negative impressions that they, they have or they've, you know, perceptions they've heard elsewhere. Uh, and, a, and a bad reputation among that industry. So they're the five things that put us off uh, those types of employers. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, you also had a kind of a, an equation of a, a calculation. So how, how would you calculate the cost of a bad reputation for a company? Yeah, so we, we tried to put a figure on it, and we it, we, we worked out that the, the cost of attrition, if you like, or the percentage additional that companies would have to pay is 10% to find... Uh, and attract talent to replace those people that were leaving. Um, and we worked out for a, for a company of 10,000 employees that could add up to more than £4 million a year. So we've actually put a figure on the cost of a bad reputation. Well, wow. okay. Um, and if you look at uh, how could companies boost their own reputation online, what are your top tips? Yeah, this is a question we're asked a lot. So mm-hmm. this is based on my experience and based on... Uh, all the companies we're working with in the UK. Uh, first one I'd say is having a strong presence. So what I mean there is having uh, your company and your brand um, presence built. Having uh, a profile on LinkedIn, Twitter, any other social media, building out that content so it's interesting. Um, sharing updates through social and through LinkedIn that aren't just about talent but about all, all sorts of things that your company might be doing so that's the basics in fact just having that presence uh, the second piece is is about involving everybody so the companies we're working with that seem to be doing this the best or seem to be having the most progress with their um, employer brand are getting their employees that's right from CEOs right down to you know, every single employee in their organisation uh, engaged as well, and what I mean by engaged is um, companies writing about their experiences, sharing news about their own company, 
Um, and by doing that, that helps kind of amplify the brand uh, and in some respects accelerate uh, the, the network effect. And then the third thing um, is be authentic. So over the years at LinkedIn talking about employer brand, we've seen lots of organizations start to build that brand, that presence I talked about. Um, but often, I'm sure you, you, you've seen it, Jorgen, you, you can see some companies that are awfully generic mm. and it's very easy for all of us to spot authentic content. So when you know you can tell it's been written by an employee rather than by, for example, a, a marketing or comms team. That authenticity, I think, um, you know, gives those potential candidates a real insight into what you can offer. Yeah. And uh, what are some of the best examples uh, of companies that uh, talent leaders and others could can learn from? Uh, is it you mean example companies? Uh, example companies, yes. Yeah, a couple that spring to mind. We've um, been working with Harrods mm-hmm. here in London for a while. They, they, they spoke at an event for us and talked about how they generated followers on LinkedIn. So at that time, they had a recruitment team, but they didn't necessarily have a big team or the resources or know-how particularly on how to develop their brand. And they decided that generating followers on LinkedIn could be a good strategy because some of the research we've done shows that a good 70% of followers on LinkedIn are potentially interested in career opportunities. So Harrods had a deliberate effort just to, like I talked about sharing, they they started engaging all their employees on sharing content uh, on LinkedIn and other social platforms. And what I mean by content in that case is um, sometimes it's a job, we have this job opening at Harrods. Sometimes it was just news about um, what interns were doing or news about products they were selling. And I think it took them about two years to get to 20,000 followers. And then within the next few months, because of that strategy, they got to 50,000 followers. And the sort of knock-on effect from that was that they found their recruiting efforts with the same resources a lot more effective because they had that reach, that network effect. Any other examples off the top of your head? Yeah, another one uh, related to followers, actually. Diageo um, reached a milestone of a quarter of a million followers. And if you think about their brand as an employer, mm. a lot of people may not have heard of Diageo as such, but will associate the actual drinks brands a lot more strongly. So, But as Diageo, they, they did a video um, which they they put online which was um, around a mixologist mixing drinks and oh, that viral yes, I think I've seen yeah, that, yeah. that viral went video and it was just had a huge effect upon their brand as an employer something very simple yeah and I guess the, the million dollar question is how do you get those followers do you have to create a cool video or what, what did Harrods do did they just mention it whenever they talk to people yeah there's lots of different ways um, Harrods just engage their employees. So Harrods, and what we see this quite often, is um, recruitment teams, for example, would, would have an internal communications around the fact that we're now using social media to recruit. This is a big part of our hiring efforts this year, for example, and uh, you know, we value your, your input as employees, and we'd welcome you 
uh, we invite you to share the news that we're posting. Um, and that's where I talk about CEOs. If, if senior execs are starting to share, build profiles, write blog posts, they start to encourage their, uh, all their employees to do the same. So um, it's that volume of engagement is it's where the, um, the effects really start to show. So there are other ways to do it. You can, you can put ads around the network. You can, um, you, know, you can direct people to the LinkedIn company page where the source is. There's lots of different ways of doing it. So you mentioned uh, CEOs and senior managers, uh, execs and so on. Uh, the name that springs to mind is probably, well, maybe James Kahn or um, Richard Branson. Can you think of any other CEOs who are very social that we can look at? Um, CEO of Sage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is one of the most socially active um, CEOs in the UK. Um, they've had a lot of traction from from all the, the posts on LinkedIn and elsewhere. So that, that's one good example. I think um, there's lots of research out there which shows that socially engaged CEOs are um, having a big effect on that brand. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And I guess we should also mention your new product, LinkedIn Elevate which is all about employee um, advocacy and so on. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So um, talking to our customers in the UK, we, they helped us understand that, um, that they, they valued that content strategy. Mm-hmm. But perhaps in certain organisations, there was a, a slight intimidation or, or risk of sharing the wrong kind of information. Yeah. And so this, the product you mentioned there, Elevate, um, essentially allows companies to curate that content and distribute it to their employees. So um, as an employee, um, using Elevate on my mobile phone, I can see that this content which has been curated by my, my peers in our marketing or comms team, for example. Uh, and then I c- I'm free to share anything on there without any sort of risk of s- saying the wrong thing about my company. Mm. So um, the idea was it would help generate that volume of activity and uh, obviously that advocacy from employees. And uh, I think from just looking at my Twitter feed, I think you guys have been using it internally for a while. As I see, sometimes I see the same <laughs> updates, but I don't see them at the same time, so that's, that's good. Uh, is that still in, um, in beta testing or is it released to, to uh, companies generally? Yeah, it's, it's been uh, released uh, we, we launched it officially in uh, April. In April, okay. yeah. So, but we're, we're ramping up the number of, uh, of customers using it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, you also have an, an, an index of, I guess, about employer branding, which is called the Talent Brand Index. Yeah. H- how, does that, how is that calculated? Yeah, so um, the Talent Brand Index is... A really good tool. So we we've talked about um, the power of employer brand or talent brand for for years, and we've been talking about it for the last sort of 10, 10, 15 minutes or so. A question we were often asked in the past was, um, "It's all very well, but it's very intangible. How how can I how can, how can I measure it?" And the talent brand index is one of the first ways that we've we've developed, but more broadly, it could be that anyone's developed. Um, which actually allows companies to to measure it, to measure the impact of their talent brand. So 
and see how it progresses over time. So how it works is we can measure uh, the the reach that a company has on social media or LinkedIn by looking at certain activity in aggregate in the background. And that activity would be, so how big a reach a company has is essentially based on um, how many uh, employees they have and how many people are connected to those employees, i.e. X thousand people are aware that company is an employer. Okay, so we have this number, and then we then we also look at the engagement within that reach. So of that pool of people who are aware of the company that is an employer, how many are engaging with them? And that the engagement means are they looking at jobs? Are they looking at that, the assets, the company pages, and so forth? Or are they connecting with their employees or viewing their profiles? And then we can. From those two numbers, we create, we divide one by the other, and we create an index, which essentially is that brand index. And this is only on LinkedIn, correct? Do you, is there other plans to extend this across other networks? You think? So the talent brand index um, comes from that aggregate member behaviour, mm. uh, based on three hundred eighty million profiles that we have on LinkedIn. So a vast professional network. So. We obviously don't have access to data beyond that. Fair the, enough. Yeah, at this stage. Okay. So uh, what's, a, what's a good number? A client of ours has a TBI of 24. Is that respectable? So the number in itself isn't that insightful. It's a lot better than the competition. I know that. Right. The, so the three rivals. Exactly. So where, where we start to benchmark that figure, uh, that's where it gets interesting. Mm. So your own company talent brand index on its own could be interesting. Uh, you can get the correlation between reach and engagement. Um, and you can see that track over time. Of that pool that's aware of your company, are more and more people engaging with it? can be interesting. So taking 24 and doubling that in a couple of years is a good good movement. Um, but yeah, where the, the index gets really interesting to our customers is where they can benchmark against their competitors. So we don't share that data uh, specifically but we give them the benchmark within yep. their industry um, and we can also break that down by certain other relevant um, metrics which they might be interested in like how is it benchmarked in a particular function or in a particular location so your company might be very well uh, have a might be an HQ company in the UK and have quite a high brand, talent brand index here but a sit overseas it might be lower and it allows you to sort of um, think about how you approach your brand in different locations. Because I think you also publish uh, rankings based on the is that on the TBI, so by country and globally. Yeah, we call it the uh, in-demand rankings. That's it. Yeah, yeah, we, we publish that every year, which uses that and some other metrics in the background, which shows based on all this ac- aggregate activity on LinkedIn, which brands are being looked at the most um, for the purposes of finding a, a job. So we'll, we'll be releasing the this year's figures. Uh, in October, uh, and it's very insightful actually to see the, the the moves up and down in that in that ranking. So now on to a more of a difficult question. Um, some people would say, you know, your push for employer branding, uh, this TBI, the Talent Brand Index, get I guess almost like gamification, looking at what companies yeah. doing best. It's it's all part of the game for you guys to get uh, companies to invest more in your products and spending more on ads. Some people would argue that. I'd say 
the fact that we can measure brand from all our customers is actually really powerful. That's, that's the main point. In fact, we've done some other research which shows that over 80% of employers believe that brand has a significant impact uh, on their ability to hire, to hire key talent, but only like one third measure it. So because of right. that discrepancy, most of our customers find it really powerful. And like I said to you, that your figure of 24% on its own isn't actually that interesting. So it's more, yeah, measuring against um, rivals, I guess, yeah. ta- talent competitors. And tracking over time, yeah. But it also, it also assumes that they are clients. So if they're not clients, they don't get a, a TBI from LinkedIn. A, a company wouldn't get a, an index number, would they? Uh, we, we work with all organisations, so um, we, we can we can help organisations that are working with us at any level on LinkedIn uh, to help them understand their brand and their reach and so forth. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so sometimes companies will have a big presence, a lot of employees on LinkedIn, and they might be driving some good traffic to a career site, but they're not really tapping into it, perhaps. Yeah, and on the same token, we, we've got, we give uh, this... 380 million profiles we have can give us loads of insights mm. about particular markets. Another thing we do, we, we, we produce for free uh, what we call talent pool reports. Yeah. And anyone can access these online, which, for example, you can, if, you can access data from LinkedIn, aggregate data, about a particular talent pool you might be interested in. So for me, I look at the talent pool report, which is about sales professionals in London. Uh, and it gives me some snapshots on uh, how in demand those that talent pool is in that particular location, and what drivers are interesting to those um, types of people in finding a job. A bit like we talked about earlier. So that kind of data we 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 allow our sort of members and our uh, not just existing customers have access to. And where will this be published? I think there's some new reports coming out this year. Is that right? Where will that be? On the talent talent blog? So, LinkedIn. yeah, uh, on LinkedIn's talent blog, which yep. is talent.linkedin.com. And yes. Or yeah. slash blog, is it? Talent.linkedin.com slash blog. We'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. Okay, thank you. And, um, and the in-demand rankings will be uh, announced at our flagship conference, which is called Talent Connect, which is in October. All oh, right. In London. Yeah. Great. Uh, now, I also uh, also read a few other articles of yours, perhaps mm-hmm. not related to employer branding as such, but one was about measuring office culture, and you, you claim that you can do this in 10 minutes. Please elaborate. Yes. Thank you. So this is my blog. This isn't a, uh, an official LinkedIn blog. This is no. my... You know, we talked about employees generating content. This is yeah, yeah. something I did myself. Um, one of our values as a company is, is relationships matter and last year we talked about that, that a lot internally um, and relationships with our customers relationships with our colleagues and I was um, interested to um, uh, explore how relationships matter internally at this point because we were growing quite quickly as an organisation and um, one of the things I learned about writing I'm still very amateur at this from some of my mentors and so forth was to uh, keep this story simple. So I was thinking about how what's the most basic form of or the most basic element of maintaining a relationship. 
And I realised quite quickly it was about knowing somebody's name. Ah, okay. So, I... I... A personal kind of uh, goal of mine is to actually get to know as many people as I can uh, internally. Um, And so I do spend quite a lot of time in my office walking around, meeting new people. Um, it's only a small, smallish office, so 200, but it's still just about small enough to get to know everybody. And I just found that it was a great litmus, litmus test on company culture around how many people you know. So the research didn't go beyond that, but it's, I think it's just the appeal in my blog was ask yourself how many people in your office you know the first name of. Uh, maybe ask your, your colleagues, and that'll give you a good idea of how well connected people are, which should tell you something about the culture. Okay, well, I'll have to try that. <laughs> I've got five people in my office. Yeah, <laughs> easier for you. Yeah. And also, uh, I know you're a, you're a vlogger, so uh, a YouTuber. Um, tell us about this video you made at uh, the, the London HQ of LinkedIn, uh, which, which was as about working here, and what, what were the results of it? Yeah, so we talked about uh, authenticity earlier. And... You know, you know, we're lucky at LinkedIn. We 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 do have a good recruitment team that have produced content and blogs and videos and so forth. Um, what I felt we needed was something a bit more authentic about London, particularly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily have the time or resources to engage you know, professional um, you know, video companies at that stage because I, I wanted to get do something quickly because I had quite a a steep hiring need at that point. So um, I literally walked around the office with my smartphone and asked as many people as I could, what's the best thing about working at LinkedIn London? Um, the re- and I crept up behind them, you know, asked them without any, yeah. without any planning or prep. Uh, and the reason I did that was to capture their first reaction, that authenticity. And uh, it literally took me an hour to do the filming and it took me probably about four hours to edit it while I was on a delayed uh, flight or waiting for a delayed flight um, and that's all it just took me a little bit of time and I produced that very amateurishly and put, and put it online and the resulting effect has been really powerful actually it's had thousands of that blog post and the video have had thousands and thousands of views and most of the people I hired last year when I had this particular hiring need at some point in that recruitment process had watched the video either the early point of being contacted by a recruiter or you know a referral or you know in that decision making process and I think the author you know, anecdotally they're telling me that authenticity that they saw in the video um, gave them a lot more insight into what it's like to work here than perhaps an official video did great so I'd, I'd, anyone listening who is who is finding generating content uh, difficult um, or um, what's the word uh, challenging mm. I, the, the simple things are often the most effective yeah it's not as hard as uh, you might you might think yeah absolutely in a creative way so normally normally beat uh, something that's been uh, overthought sometimes yeah um, leaders don't create followers they create leaders that, that's a a blog title which I really liked um, what does that mean yeah thanks for picking up the headline again that's another tip I've been told is uh make the, the headline as punchy as possible. Yep. Yeah, I've done a lot of reading about leadership and um, you may have seen that a lot of people talk about the importance of uh, generating followers 
And in my experience as a leader, that's partially true. But it has connotations that um, a follower will just execute on perhaps your strategy or, or your direction. And at LinkedIn particularly, and my style of leadership is around, we, we expect and we, we support um, leadership in um, any job function, irrelevant of the job title. So we promote and we encourage um, individual contributors to um, show leadership in their day-to-day role. So my role as a leader is to generate that kind of uh, environment where they can um, display leadership and learn leadership, but also finding the future leaders for our company. Yeah, great. Now, finally, uh, taking in your experience as a uh, fitness um, instructor, now we all uh, lead business. X, 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 X. a bit since then. <laughs> all right, well, I'm sure you still remember a few tricks. Uh, we're, all, we're all busy, we're all uh, sitting around too much, staring at screens. What are some of the best uh, exercises for, for people working in offices? How can they get fit in their lunch break or whatever? Yeah, we're, we're very fortunate here to have a, a gym upstairs. Okay. So, uh, but I know I, I've not always had a gym in my office. Right. So, yeah, we, we have lots of nice classes and so forth, which I do take advantage of. I certainly believe uh, healthy employees are more productive than sure. for sure. Yeah, we, we also have, uh, you may have seen them, these desks which allow you to stand. Yeah. They go down again. So that's uh, a great perk here which enables you to stay on your feet. Um, I'd recommend a couple of things uh, based on experience is walking meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm often found walking around the square uh, down here or down to Covent Garden. Um, I think being off site, being in the fresh air has its can add a different kind of dynamic when you're having a one-to-one, uh, which is useful and keeps you fit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at, going back to the test your office culture, um, I genuinely invest or reserve time in my day to actually walk around the office and get to know people in different departments. And just that in itself makes me walk more, which yeah, is always yeah. a good thing. So just, just moving about and standing about, standing yeah. up rather. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. So will we be seeing your fitness video on, uh, on YouTube at some point? You won't see it fitness video, but I, I have my, one of my next blog posts is around the, the benefits of keeping fit in an in a office-type role. So yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I'll send you that one when it's ready. Yeah, I look forward to that. Right, so how can people learn more about um, talents and employer branding, about LinkedIn, and uh, how can they connect and follow yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Chris Brown UK, or connect me on LinkedIn. Uh, the best place to go is our LinkedIn talent blog, which is LinkedIn. No. <laughs> is it, it talent.linkedin.com slash blog? Yes. Yes. Thank you for saving me. Yeah. I've read it so many times. That's the one. Thanks, Jürgen. That's great. Thank you very much for your time, Chris. Appreciate it. I hope you found that interesting. Have you linked up with us, by the way? You'll find Link Humans on LinkedIn, uh, also our social media London group with uh, over 5,000 members. And of course, feel free to connect with myself. Just search Jorgen and it should appear. That's Jorgen with a J, by the way. As always, got any questions or feedback for us, tweet us at Link Humans and use the hashtag SMKnowHow and then we'll find you. 
And uh, of course, I hope to see you at SM London Live, which is happening on the 11th of November. In case you missed it, use the promo code podcast for your exclusive discount. Learn more at socialmedialondon.co.uk. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. And I will catch you next time.